Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Saturday, July 23rd, 2022. I want you to stop and think about what you have seen cause the most devastation in families or in churches. And, you know, sometimes we might think of, of tragedies, maybe illness or cancer or a car accident that causes a family to lose a father or a mother or a church to lose a pastor or a beloved church member or somebody that was a leader in the church. But if you get beyond kind of those things and you really think about, well, what about the sin that I have seen destroy families, destroy churches? Uh, Obviously, there's multiple ways sin can do that, but you probably all have some uh, instances in your mind where you can think of specifically sexual sin, destroying a church, destroying a family. Unfortunately, probably all know some church leader that's had to step down because of sexual sin or has been exposed in sin. We can all think of families that were torn apart because of sexual sin. And so we see the dangers of sexual sin, but we're going to see some guidance today from God's word on how to avoid that. In fact, as we go back to Proverbs and Proverbs five through seven, as this father seeks to impart wisdom to his son, we're going to see in all three of these chapters, one of his chief concerns is a warning against sexual immorality. And even notice how central this is. Proverbs is, you know, a different book, but the first nine chapters really flow more like this, a father talking to his son, and he'll address different subjects at length, where once we get into chapter 10, most of the rest of the book is really kind of those short one verse, uh, little short pithy sayings that are Proverbs. And they're not always, well, here's all the Proverbs on this subject. They're kind of scattered throughout. But here we get more concentrated teaching on one subject. And in all three of these chapters, we see warnings of sexual immorality. Listen to how chapter five begins. My son, be attentive to my wisdom. Incline your ear to my understanding that you may keep discretion and your lips may guard knowledge. So this, that's language in the first four chapters that seems very familiar. Hey son, get wisdom. It's really good. But then he gets into a more specific reason here for the lips of a forbidden woman drip honey and her speech is smoother than oil. But in the end, she is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Her steps follow the path to Sheol. She does not ponder the path of life. Her ways wander and she does not know it. So I want you to notice just the the approach even that is taken here by uh, Solomon in Proverbs is God warns us about uh, sexual sin. He doesn't say, hey, son, stay away from from sexual immorality. It's just not that good of a thing. No, he admits, hey, there, what this promises is pleasure. And there is pleasure to some extent in sexual immorality. Her lips drip honey. Her speech is smoother than oil, right? He admits there is an appeal 
to this sin. I mean, that's why this is such a predominant sin is there is an appeal to it. But the warning he gives is think of the end. Yes, it will give a little bit of pleasure, but it will bring death. And that's how we need to, even just as we think through um, fighting against sexual sin, we have to realize if we if we try to fight against it or if we try to train our young people, hey, uh, sexual pleasure just really isn't that good. That's not what the Bible says. Remember, we just read a whole book about the wonders of marriage and intimacy, right? There is pleasure in that. But the warning comes with the effects of it. And the effects of sexual immorality, it is saying, is death and even a wasted life. Uh, the next verses give that sense. It, it talks about someone that at the end of their life, they groan when their flesh and body are consumed because they have wasted their life. They have destroyed things that are the most precious to them. And uh, and now they're, they're, they're crying out. And so he's warning his son, hey, don't give up uh, this these greater parts of your life for a little bit of pleasure. And we see all of that kind of in chapter six as well, uh, really warned specifically and even more strongly about adultery specifically. And then in chapter seven, it paints this long picture of this uh, man who goes to the wrong place. He wanders near and he is enticed by, uh, he is seduced by this woman. And again, all the talk, it makes it look like it's, it's pleasure, but he tries to point out, no, it leads to death. In verse 22, he says, all at once he follows her as an ox goes to the slaughter or as a stag is caught fast till an arrow pierces its liver as a bird rushes into the snare. He does not know that it will cost him his life. And now, my sons, listen to me. Be attentive to the words of my mouth. Let my heart turn aside to her ways. Do not stray into her paths. For many a victim she has laid low, and all her slain are a mighty throng. Her house is the way to Sheol, going down to the chambers of death. Right? So he's saying, hey, think of the end. And I want you to think of the end today of sexual immorality. And that's why I started the way that I did. Because if you have not experienced it personally, if you've been around the world long enough, you have seen lives, families, and churches destroyed by sexual immorality. And you need to hold all of those things up in front of your eyes as a warning saying, hey, the same thing could happen to me if I uh, go into these paths that Proverbs is warning me about. Now, one way that Proverbs or that this father encourages his son, as Solomon encourages his son to avoid sexual immorality is through kind of what we see in the Song of Solomon through pursuing intimacy in marriage. And even we talked about in Song of Solomon, it's where else does the Bible tell us to be drunk? Or here's the instruction to be drunk with love. And here he's saying be intoxicated with the love of your spouse. And God saying, hey, don't pursue the sexual immorality of the world. Pursue sexuality in the ways that God has described in marriage, one man, one woman, the intimacy that is found there and pursue that. And even there, he's thinking of someone who is married and he's saying, don't pursue the love of other women, pursue your spouse. And so those of you that are married, let that be another warning to you. 
Protect your marriage by pursuing your spouse. Uh, Pursue that relationship. Invest into that relationship. And remember, that's more than just physical intimacy. There's more factors involved there. Build that relationship to protect your marriage from uh, the dangers described here in Proverbs Five through seven. Now, our New Testament passage speaks to this same theme today in 1 Corinthians 6, and it gives us the instruction uh, just very simply in verse 18 flee from sexual immorality. And here it even talks again about the seriousness of uh, sexual immorality. It says, and it really ties in that well, we're a temple of the Holy Spirit. And when we commit sexual immorality, we are dragging God really into this sin. And so you see here, it says, let's just start in verse 15. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I take the members of Christ and make them members of a prostitute? Never. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a prostitute becomes one body with her? For as it is written, the two will become one flesh. But he who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. Flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body. But the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Again, you see that the serious nature of sexual immorality, but that warning there, flee sexual immorality. So as we think of the warnings in Proverbs and we think of the warnings in 1 Corinthians 6, I want to encourage you today to flee. And I want you to encourage you to flee on a couple couple different levels. One, flee physically from sexual immorality. I mean, that's one thing we see even in Proverbs, you know, him saying things to his son, hey, don't go near the door of her house. Or in Proverbs 7, that sad story, it starts with him wandering in places he should not have been. So physically flee from sexual immorality, right? If there is a a place that is tempting you to sin, flee from it. If there is a, a person that is tempting you to sin, you they need to avoid that person. Or now in this digital age, right, you need to flee certain places where you might be tempted by devices and things you can access that would be sexually immoral through a computer or a phone. And you may flee from those things. Remember the story of Joseph and how he ran from Potiphar's wife. You may need to be in a situation like that, where you run, you literally run away from sin. And that's where you need to ask yourself, hey, am I putting myself in situations that just aren't good and are asking for trouble to happen? Flee those situations. I also want to encourage you to flee mentally, flee mentally from sin, right? We don't need, uh, you know, other things really to fall into sexual sin because we can do that all by ourselves in our minds. And temptation doesn't just strike at certain places. Temptation is going to strike in your mind. So how will you run away from thoughts of sexual sin? I think the best way to do that is what are the verses you will run to and memorize when you find your mind drifting into uh, temptation uh, when it comes to sexual sin? How will you say, hey, I'm going to flee mentally from that and give yourself somewhere to run to? And I think the best way to do that would be, hey, here's scripture that I'm going to go meditate on instead of letting my mind drift into the temptation of sexual immorality. And if you are struggling with sexual immorality, 
One just very practical thing I want to encourage you to do is to talk to somebody about it. Find a brother or sister in the Lord that you respect, uh, somebody that you look up to, somebody that you think could be helpful, and, and confess your sins to them and let them help you through this this process of confession and growth and overcoming this sin. I think everybody listening to this podcast, if I asked you, is sexual sin good or bad? I think you would all say sexual sin is bad. And I think that's something that people going to church in the United States of America today, at least churches that are teaching the Bible, they know sexual sin is bad. But then if they are struggling with them, that that knowledge can say, well, then I'm just going to struggle in silence. And my plea to you today would be don't struggle in silence. Find someone you respect. Find someone you look up to and think you could help. Guys, another guy, ladies, another lady, and, and confess what's going on and bring that sin into the light. Many times this sin just breeds like a weed in darkness, but once you shine the light on it, it begins to wither. Shine the light on this sin. And also I want to encourage you to be encouraged by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And that's one other passage you see there in 1 Corinthians, as it talks about how the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. And then it says, do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Let that passage remind you there is hope. If you feel stuck in this sin today, there is hope because there is a Savior and He washes and He cleanses and He sanctifies. And call out to that Savior. Maybe confess your sin to someone else to help bring it all into the light and find that there is grace, there is mercy, and there is cleansing and change that can be found in Jesus Christ. So let's be warned against the dangers of sexual immorality. Let's flee physically and mentally, and let's find uh, really the grace and the help that we need in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.